um, I'm very excited to share with you um, Food Needs You. Um, so as many of you will know, I'm Amy Fetzer. I'm Head of Research and Analysis at Footprint. Um, and I'm really excited. I get, had the lovely privilege of getting to speak to many of you um, to do lots of different pieces of research throughout the, the year about all sorts of sustainability issues. Um, but I'm really excited about this one because food waste is something that's really, really uh, close to my heart. Um, and food service really needs this. Uh, last week, you may have seen, uh, last week or the week before, BRAT released some updated figures which show that although food waste had, had decreased across the UK, within food service it had increased by about 7%. Um, so this is, report is a really, really valuable tool in helping to tackle that. Um, so I'm hoping now that I've had you captured with some delicious starters, um, and I didn't really notice much plate waste, so that's good, um, that's a good start. I'm going to spend about 40 minutes taking you through the report. As Nick said, we'll do 20 minutes now and then about 20 minutes afterwards. So there will be time for a breather in between. Um, if you do have any sort of thing that you want to add or any questions, just give me a little bit of a wave along as we go along. Um, but basically, I'm going to sort of talk to you about why we should care about food waste, how to use the report, and then I'm going to highlight uh, some of the key issues, uh, some of the key uh, points for each job role. So... To start, um, why care about food waste? Well, the, the thing that, as many of you, I mean, I have a very educated audience in this room, but of course the report is going to tell, you know, everybody who might not know as much as you do. But obviously the health sector, hospitality and food service, throw away 1.1 million tonnes every year. So there's an enormous amount of food being wasted from our sector. And 75% of that could have been eaten. And what's really interesting is that staff, you know, really care about this. Like we, like we talked about already how consumers care, people care, you know, the, the whole awareness piece around sustainability. And the FSA tracker recently found that food waste was the biggest consumer concern above animal welfare and food costs. So you know, it really is an issue that you know, everybody cares about. Um, and of course, with food poverty, it's also really high on people's agenda. Um, it's really, really good for the planet. Basically, uh, if food waste were a country, it would be the largest greenhouse gas emitter behind the US and China, which is you know, quite shocking. I'm sure most of you are aware of the stat that if food, um, food, is, food when you take food production, distribution and land use change for farming, that is responsible for a third of global emissions. So to throw food in the bin is absolutely bonkers. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. It's like one of the tackling food waste regardless of what you put on the plate, which is a really important thing to consider as well, but just putting any food that could be eaten in the bin is just bonkers when it comes from a climate perspective. Um, so that's, you know, this is why it's so urgent. Um, but also, you know, as, as Nick mentioned, there's this massive, wonderful fiscal upside because food waste costs the bottom line money. Um, and typically, it's, uh, the recent rat figures found that it was 3.2 billion per annum costing our sector. And that equates to about £10,000 per outlet per year. Um, and in fact, uh, Mike, I'm sure, will be happy for me to share some amazing um, food waste figures from Back to the Stories experience. So they saved their clients £3 million in disposing costs and 300000 worth of energy costs. And they reduced their food waste by 42% since they started tackling food waste uh, a few years ago. So, you know, these are really dramatic savings, really dramatic impacts by tackling something um, in a really holistic and um, well-organized way. And I think those savings were equivalent to sort of taking 16,000 cars off the road 
and three or planting three million trees in terms of the carbon impacts as well. So, you know, across the board, um, some really significant benefits. Um, so this guide, this explains, so it take, takes every single job role, well, not every single, we've tried to identify the sort of the main categories of job roles, and it takes every single one of those and explains for that job role why they need to act. It's trying to link it to, you know, why is it important to you in this job role? How can tackling food waste help you meet your goals? Um, and then it has a targeted to-do list for all the things that you can think about in that job role to help you make a difference and, and make it uh, food waste, well, to, to work towards food saving. Um, so, uh, so basically what I'm going to do now is I'm going to take you through all of these different job roles that we've identified. And I'm going to start with the ones, so the bit, there's all these amazing resources out there. Obviously, there's so much stuff, but what some of the, some job roles did already have some guidance, but there wasn't, lots of people weren't represented at all. And also the people that were represented weren't necessarily massively comprehensive. So what we've tried to do is do everybody in one place. Um, and some of the people who are, I'm going to start with some of the people who are more typically overlooked. And one of these is menu planning. And Many planners have a massive but often overlooked impact on food waste, but planet-friendly menus can create you know, USPs and really meet stakeholder expectations. Um, so, for example, the National Trust make um, one of their, their lemon drizzle cake. Uh, they use the leftover jacket potatoes and they put them in the cake, and it's sort of almost as much uh, potato as, as, um, as flour and sugar. So it's really, you know, a really great way to use that waste source. But it's also something that they, they put it in their cookbook. There's a great story and it really engages the customers. Um, there's another, uh, when they changed, when KFC changed their menu design, they decided to move to skin on chips. They saved 35 million potatoes in the year that that launched. And then there was all these other really cool side benefits, like the chips, were, they uh, tasted better and they were better for dipping because they were stiffer. And they, because they were stiffer and bigger, they, were, they retained their heat better. So there was all these you know, other side benefits apart from the food waste. Um, and there would have been some cost savings there too. Um, so what is the to-do list for the menu planners? Well, so the whole, one of the best things that, that menu planners to do is have that open communication with the on-site teams to really understand what is being left, what's being returned, you know, how people are ordering and to really understand how this is all impacted on stock. You know, have you got an item like a, you know, a, a woodcrest salad where, you know, the rest of that bag, that bag is being opened for one order and then the rest is being wasted. So, you know, looking at how ingredients are used across menus. Um, Nando's tackled this quite well recently. They wanted to include a dish that had spinach in it. And then they were worried about all the leftover, what were they going to do with all the spinach? So then they created saucy spinach as a side. And suddenly, a great new dish, the customer's happy, it's a new dish, and they haven't got that, you know, that element of food waste. You know, menu planners can look about, are menus overcomplicated? You know, are the portion sizes right? Should they be offering a range of portion sizes, as many people within the industry are starting to do? You know, things like sides, salads, coleslaw, sauces. I had a conversation this week where I was told, you know, a lot of the um, operators now are talking about changing their ordering system so they can be more reactive so that people can actually specify for each dish which of those traditional sides they actually get served because so many of these accompaniments end up in the bin um, you know can people customize you know can the manipulators incorporate all of this in and you know thinking nose to tail root to shoot repurposing into menus and just allowing special uh, flexibility for specials and 
keeping seasonal specials on for longer so that things can be used up. So there's all sorts of different ways that menu planning can help. And this is a, a job role that really, you know, hasn't been focused on. Um, marketing is another um, really, really big area where, you know, often we're so interested, we've got so much knowledge and expertise about helping to guide the customer in a particular direction. But there's a massive impact um, here, you know, the, the marketing and promotions, the way things are positioned has on food waste. But the brilliant thing is, is that as we've uh, discussed, food waste is a massively emotive issue to a customer. So if you can get that food waste story, you've got a really great way to get your customers loyal. Um, it's really key, as I've described, you know, the, the link with climate, it's a really key um, way to talk about what the business is doing to tackle the climate, a really solid, um, you know, actual action. And um, it can provide all these USPs. So you can have, you know, planet-friendly menus where you've actually got a specific menu where you've looked at all the ingredients. Um, and, and it just has this real ability to make a very, very big impact on, on waste and it is overlooked. The, and the other thing about marketing as well is that we really need marketers to absolutely divert so much energy into this space because food waste is not sexy. You know, we, we haven't really got a, a, enough of a good lexicon now to talk about it in a way. So we talk about often food saving rather than food waste because, you know, it's really disgusting and you, know, you don't want to be telling your customers how much to eat or that they shouldn't eat too much. Or, you know, it's, it's, we need that amazing creativity to come from the marketing teams to really help find these effective ways to talk um, to customers about food waste, both in terms of making sure that they order or take from a buffet the right amount, but also that, they, that the stories of what's going on behind the scenes within the business is communicated well in a way that people are like, yeah, that's brilliant, I'm, I'm bought into that. Green King have just started to have um, some great signage on their buffet is saying, this feast is too tasty to waste. You know, they've, they've looked at the research, they know that people pile their plates too high, and now they're trying to communicate in a really nice, positive way to their customers, maybe don't take quite too much. Um, this idea of keeping positive is, is really, um, really important. So when uh, Brighton University took away the trays um, from their canteens, because what people did is they absolutely stuffed everything they possibly wanted on the tray because they knew they had one hit at the counters and then they'd go sit down, eat a bit, inevitably come full and loads of it would get wasted. But instead of saying, we're taking away the trays, they said, hey, you can come up as many times as you want. But because people could only carry two things, by the time they'd sat down and eaten it, most of them were full. So they actually had a big reduction in food waste, but also a reduction in food costs because obviously they weren't wasting it. And there wasn't that many people who came up again and again and kind of gamed the system. Um, there's also so many existing campaigns out there as well that marketing can hook into. Uh, you know, there's wraps, love food, how they ate waste, there's gardens with brothers, a food week in May, you can tie it into becoming a B Corps or similar. There's like so many different tools and resources out there to help make noise about efforts to tackle food waste. So there's lots of exciting ways to talk about it. You know, the marketing team doesn't have to come up with a strategy from a standing start, can hook into all these things. Um, also, there can be lovely things that can be created, like getting the chefs to kind of themselves to sell sustainability. So people like Lexington have found they've had a lot of success with having the kitchens open and also doing little pop-ups where they show people how they're making, you know, naan bread from porridge or, you know, all these things that they're doing or talk about their sustainable menus and how they've got the ingredients and what's going on with them. And that really engages staff. Um, so there's tons of, um, tons of ways that marketing can really help. 
So HR, learning and development. Um, these, you know, actually it's come up already today. People have said this, you know, this whole mantra from uh, the employee base about I want to work for a company that's doing the right thing with millennials and Generation Z particularly keen to work to work for good companies. And this is something, you know, there's usually a new stat out every week, but everybody we talk to in industry is also saying the same thing. That's what they're hearing as well. So again, having this really concrete thing that the business is doing that you can track and measure and actually say, we're having this carbon impact, they're having this impact on the planet, you know, this social impact is, is a really positive um, recruitment tool and engagement tool and retention tool. Um, so it really helps with all of that. Um, so the, and this is the thing, like some people are doing this really well, but I think when you talk to operators about getting people to measure food waste, getting people to tackle food waste, there's sometimes a bit of reluctance because they feel that parts teams are really busy and it's a bit of an ask. But if you make it non-negotiable, you put that, you know, that they're measuring food waste and tackling food waste, it's in their job description, then that absolutely means it's, you know, it, it is just, it's, it's the everyday and they need to do it. It's part of the role responsibility. And it's really important to sort of do that in the three ways of talking about, you know, why it's important, looking at the kind of the, the moral, the business, the um, climate implications, but also, you know, what they're doing with their food waste, you know, which bin they're putting it in, how it's being measured, but also that they're looking at the top of the hierarchy and how to reduce it and that the company is so open to hearing all the ideas and actually, you know, if something is thrown away, you don't need to hide it. We want to know about that and we want to share that and stop it happening again. Um, and again, these expectations need to be built in, you know, with freelance staff. It should be part of the induction process and it should be part of ongoing training. Uh, and loads of people uh, have talked to us about how they've done it. So again, back to stories, they've got great expectations around water, waste and energy in their job descriptions. <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, Sodexo, Green King, they've all got modules around sustainability that people need to take and, you know, really helps them with the end of year reviews that they can demonstrate that they have been doing these modules. So it's really, uh, you know, it's something that is becoming more of an accepted thing, but it's not the norm yet. And we need to make it the norm. Um, and also one thing that's been really, uh, it was really flagged. When did it come on to health and safety? Somebody should have told me that. Sorry. Um, what I can see here isn't the same as there. Um, so anyway, yes. And also, you know, the other thing is, is that, you know, in the, especially in a smaller learning environment, you know, the on-the-job training for all the, the kitchen teams about the right preparation techniques, um, making sure that, you know, chefs, are, quite a lot of the chefs said to us, you know, the head chefs and the exec chefs said, when I'm, you know, using the stalks or prepping, you know, doing the cucumber ends and making them into a pickle or, a, you know, um, uh, chutney or something you know I call the team over and I show them what I'm doing you know so just that constant dialogue that constant on the job training you know throughout needs to be a real part this idea that you know food waste is part of HR and learning and development okay now we come on to health and safety um so so another this is another one that again it's you know so much a culture that rightly so you know often errs on the side of caution when it comes to food safety nobody uh, wants anyone to become ill but sometimes you know especially with teams on the ground you know people don't necessarily know the ins and outs of it so they'll throw things away to be on the safe side so like, there's a big big um, role for health and safety to help make sure everybody actually knows what is safe what isn't and when something needs to be thrown away um, and also you know looking at can systems be tweaked to ensure that they're working 
properly. I know that people like Pizza Hut, for example, were looking at their buffets and actually, you know, the amount of time things were staying on the buffet, they could just be tweaked slightly, just it wouldn't affect the food quality, it wouldn't affect the safety, but actually just, you know, that extra few minutes can make a big difference in terms of food waste. Um, so some of the uh, to-do lists for the health and safety is, is to work with the contractors and the suppliers, for example, to talk to them about you know, what the options are for food waste and how can they make sure it's going to the right place. As I said, this really important thing about talking to the on-site teams, making sure they know what they're doing and they're doing it right. Um, you know, kit and equipment is also really important about monitoring things, making sure they're working correctly, but also making sure that, you know, that people are paying attention to the maintenance and that, you know, the temperatures are set correctly and that the on-site staff understand the importance of these things so you don't have a freezer that hasn't been maintained and then breaks down and then suddenly all that food needs to be thrown away so that people you know there's such a big role for uh the health and safety and the knowledge of the health and safety team to translate that throughout um and another big thing that they can work on is the dis redistribution so actually you know working with the on-site teams to look at all the different partners it's wonderful now, you know, a few years ago, there wasn't very many options for food redistribution, but now there's so many different local charities, of course, but there's the Olios and the Too Good To Go, and, you know, there's so many different ways, and, and they can also help you with any challenges around, you know, food safety, and, you know, there's, there's so many more um, resources. So don't, you know, don't think just because you had a conversation a year or two ago uh, that, you know, that it's not possible for your business, because it could well be now. Um, the sustainability team is another one. So, um, so it, but now for the sustainability team, it, it's what's really obviously you know that's something that you would expect sustainability teams to be all over. But again, you know, in terms of your job role, that's a really tangible way that you can demonstrate your value to the business. Because again, it's a very tangible way to demonstrate. Look, we can make this carbon impact. We can make this financial impact. Um, Again, you know, this, the role of the sustainability team is to meet that stakeholder expectation. So being able to, to take action in an area like food waste is, is again, a way to really fulfill that you know, priority of the role. Um, and of course, it's wonderful that it contributes to the SDGs, especially 12.3. Um, so it's just a win for the sustainability team. Um, so the key role that they can play in terms of tackling food waste is their ability to span across the organization so a big issue can often be that you know the leadership needs to be on board i mean i was told by so many people who are doing brilliant things like from the sustainability lead that often everyone says when the manager and then senior management you know are, are saying we are behind this it makes such a big difference you know absolutely that flows through the company because it doesn't matter how passionate the teams on the ground are or how passionate the sustainability team is you know you can make so much more of an impact. So that's a really key part of the, the sustainability um, team's role. But also kind of getting everyone down uh, the chain too, making sure they've got the resources, making sure they understand, looking for those wider campaigns that you can draw into. Um, and really by you know getting the data on the food waste, because there's obviously food waste measurement and management is key to all of this. Um, you know, getting that data, making sure it's fed with everybody in the company, both on a senior level and on a day-to-day, -day, on the ground level, and making sure everyone gets that constant feedback and understanding of what they're doing and it working and what's the impact. Um, and again, having very close relationships with the marketing team 
because what's so interested in working in this space is you can be having great conversations with the chefs about the amazing things that they're doing to re find fabulous ways to reuse food and keep it in circulation and great conversations with the sustainability team about all the efforts they're doing and then you talk to marketing and say oh you know great so you're going to tweet about that and they're like what what they don't even know i mean it's crazy these are great stories great things to share so um, again, you know, a big part of the to-do list for the, for the sustainability team is to, you know, make sure they have those really strong relationships with marketing and help them to understand about stories that they can tell. Um, so then uh, we're going to go, so I didn't do it in a, like, a logical hierarchical order. It is in the hierarchical order in the um, report. But, so this is obviously from the top. Um, and any strategy, as we've mentioned, has to come from the actual top. And customers and clients totally expect it these days. And, you know, the wider media coverage of things, of food waste issues means that customers and stakeholders and investors will hold companies to account if they think that they are being prolific in uh, managing their waste. So, again, you know, touching on some of the things I've discussed for some of the other roles, you know, but it really, you know, part of the business case for it, you know, it absolutely engages your staff. It builds that brand loyalty because it demonstrates, you know, it's this concrete way that your business that's trying to take its customers' money as well. Um, it can sometimes uh, help introduce the brand to a slightly different dem demographic. So sometimes using things like Too Good To Go enables people to reach uh, new people that they hadn't started, you know, hadn't sold their food to before. And so suddenly that person becomes aware of how delicious their food is and maybe they're now going to come through your doors. Um, and again, as we mentioned before, it comes, it contributes to the SDGs. And so many of the SDGs have, you know, a, a focus on water, energy, uh, waste. So, you know, not just 12.3, but so many of the others because of the impacts of food across uh, so many areas, tackling, uh, Tackling food waste is, is a win on all these levels. And of course, you get to be a leader when you do it really well. Um, so of course, the to-do list for these guys is, you know, to just basically absolutely build it into the core strategy and really embed it into the organization. And so this whole idea of doing an audit is crucial because of course, if you don't know what's happening in your business, you, you can't tackle it and you can't set appropriate targets. So integral to, to almost every, well, every job role that's pretty much going to come after is this, you know, this target measure act. It's absolutely a mantra. Um, and and for, for the senior leadership team to sort of say that this is what the business is going to do and get behind that to make it happen at, at the kitchen level is really important. And one thing that can be very helpful in this is um, creating a task force with champions within the business Obviously, we want it to be in every single job role, but having those people that people can go to with their ideas and can help drive it and keep it front of mind for people is very important. And of course, making sure uh, that the senior leadership team keep it on the agenda in those monthly meetings, you know, potentially even more often to make sure people are looking at the food waste figures and asking what's happening. Are they going up? Are they going down? Why? Are we on track? What do we need to do to make sure we're on track? And if you're on track, great. What can we do? To do more to make this even more um, impressive. So I think I just wanted to say I just having some. I love these events because I always get more good insight and have lovely conversations. So I just sort of wanted to share a great story that a guy just shared with me from Peter Express, where he said that they were looking at uh, all the prep, leftover prep 
fresh vegetables and food that was being thrown away at the end of the day. So they just literally said to their teams, you know, we know that it'll have only been there a few hours. So use your common sense, use your judgment. And those, you know, fruit, fruit, uh, vegetable items that can be saved, like in your own home, they can be used again. And they reckon that's going to save, you know, hundreds of thousands of kilos of food waste. Just that simple, you know, looking at something and, uh, and making a difference. So just a little anecdote to share. Um, so uh, we've talked about a load of job roles, and now we're going to go through the rest that we've highlighted in the report. Um, so I'm going to start now with the executive chef, head chef, and sous chef. And of course, for these guys, you know, tackling food waste is massive because it really um, is going to recruit their food costs, their labor costs, and it helps to inspire staff. As we discussed, it really does make a big difference to people. Um, and the important thing for the executive chefs and the chefing team is, of course, they really set the tone in the kitchen. So um, when they, you know, when it's coming from you and you're really inspiring the team, talking about it, showing that you're passionate about it, coming up with creative ways to use different um, items that would have perhaps gone in into the bin previously really can make a big difference um the other thing that's really key and again for this audience probably you're, many of you are aware of it but many people in the kitchen just don't see waste I find it amazing when I'm out about talking to people and I say to them oh you know can we have a chat about food waste and they go oh yeah yeah great but we don't have any food waste I'm like oh my god that's amazing tell me what you're doing and they go well it all goes in the food waste bin doesn't it like, okay, that's not not having food waste. That's doing something hopefully better with your food waste. But we need to be looking at the top of the hierarchy. And then I go to somebody else, you know, tell me about your food waste. And they go, oh, yeah, well, we don't have any because they're an establishment like here where you have very carefully thought through portions and people therefore tend to eat them. So the high end establishments often say we don't have any food waste, but actually they have tons of prep waste and perhaps spoilage. And there's other parts of the system. So we're often just massively blind. So getting, um, so the really, really important thing is to really get people to do an audit uh, because you just don't see it. And doing them in clear bins, if possible as well, is amazing. So you normally, typically you can do it in any way you want, but typically you're having your prep, your plate and your spoilage, and then maybe your buffet or your functions or something else like that. And suddenly you can have a really dramatic shift because although there's lots of tips and hints that people can share with each other, you know, in a kitchen environment, when they suddenly realise actually everything here is all sauces and coleslaws or, you know, it's all chips, you know, they'll, you know, it's all because this person, I mean, one place realised that their toaster was broken and it was burning toast and they were like throwing away so much toast, but nobody had thought to say, like they all knew the toaster was broken, but it wasn't until they did an audit and suddenly realised, you know, uh, there's a great story that um, Winnow shared with us about this chef who'd been making 40 kilos of soup because he had a pot that was that big and, and throwing 30 kilos of that away. And he just had never, he had never stopped to think, I am doing this every day, so maybe I should use a smaller pot. But measuring his food waste made him do that and actually made him diversify into making several different types of soup and then they had an uplift in their sales. So, you know, again, often the benefit isn't just the food waste, it's, it's these side benefits that come out. So, you know, getting, uh, getting that audit and then once you know what's happening and you can see it, you can adopt some targets, but then continuing to measure and, and actually committing to acting. Um, the other thing that's really important for this kind of area is looking at the portion sizing, as we've mentioned before, you know, but not only what is being uh, specified on the menu, but also are people serving up 
the right portion size. What's really common is that, you know, people will think that tray serves 12, when actually that tray is designed to serve 14. So they're just, you know, routinely overordering. Um, there was a wonderful um, example of at Olympia recently. We've got a great, uh, there's a woman there called Abby Shaw, who's absolutely bonkers for food waste, and she's doing loads. And she just, just reduced their chip portion size by two chips and managed to reduce the, the, um, the amount of waste that they had dramatically. And nobody complained, nobody noticed, nobody even knew. And, uh, you know, so presumably there was a big health benefit to that as well. So, um, so that's just, it's really, really important. Um, there's other things about, the, the, so this was obviously one of the really key roles. And the other thing that, that obviously each kitchen environment is, uh, and each operator environment is different. But, you know, being able to be creative and flexible as much as that business can be uh, is, can have a massive impact. You know, looking at those ways to use the offcuts and the trimmings and how they can be used in different ways. You know, that hot uh, quiche at lunch becoming, you know, a cold quiche with salad at another time. You know, Sodexo has a breakfast burrito where they use some of the, you know, the bacon and the breakfast items later in a delicious but totally new and um, wonderful way. Lexington have a uh, wonderful thing where they've created a broccoli, which is where they use the broccoli scalps and mash them into a sort of guacamole type thing. But actually, sometimes they do it just entirely with the broccoli stalks and sometimes half and half. You know, there's just looking, uh, there's all these great stories as well. People told me about making naan breads out of porridge. Uh, you know, and some of it's just really basic, just the training of, you know, not cutting quite so much off. But, you know, again, all the cucumber ends going into the different um, uh, preserves and things. Other areas are sort of the handovers, you know, often when you have uh, one team coming on and another coming on, you know, people don't know unless it's all really clearly labeled, you know, what the shelf lives are on things, what's, what's, you know, what is where and making sure they don't over prep because they didn't realize there was a load already done. Um, and setting the, uh, the, the really important part of all of this is, like I said, the target, the, the measuring is key, but also once you're doing that measuring, is to keep in feeding that back to the team. They're looking at what's in those bins, but talking about, is it going up? Is it going down? Why? Making sure that people, you know, also you can tie that into all sorts of fun things. There could be competitions, there could be games, there can be brainstorming sessions about, you know, what are we going to do with all this leftover, whatever it is. But it's making it part of the conversation all the time, bringing it up in those weekly briefings, bringing it up at the beginning of service, perhaps introducing a portion test at the beginning of every service to make sure that people are constantly thinking about what they're doing. And, um, and also another other things that some, some of the executive chefs have done is quite, uh, Bartlett Mitchell's introduced this social media app called Yapster, which sort of marries WhatsApp and Instagram. So it's a very informal way for them to all talk about what they're doing around food waste. And people can post pictures and share ideas. And again, it just gets that conversation going, keeps it front of mind, and makes it very exciting for people. Um, the next section is facilities management. So again, this is one uh, where you know other kind of guides do touch on this, but you know we really just wanted to highlight you know how important this role is because they're responsible for waste. They hold the budget, uh, and they usually have access to data for the whole site. So they're a real gatekeeper of knowledge. Um, and they can often, you know, in, in manage a client relationship too. So getting them on board, making them realize all the different ways that food waste um, can really, uh, you know, enhance their role is important. Um, so again, what's their to-do list? 
this target measure act is, you know, as I said, it's a mantra. It comes up in almost everything. But, you know, if the, the site, the uh, facilities manager, you know, isn't making that happen, making sure it's happening and then you know, getting the data in and then sharing that data back out, nobody knows what you're dealing with. Um, and also what's quite useful for the facilities management uh, team is that they can benchmark with other sites. They can share that with other sites and see what's happening and why. Why is there a difference between sites? Is there a good reason for it? Great. If there isn't, why not? Um, so, you know, there's also lots of online platforms like those offered by Forth, which kind of marry the, the food waste data alongside the sales and the purchases. So it's really clear and really obvious, you know, how food waste sales and food waste, uh, food sales and data, food waste management is impacting on each other. Um, and like Sodexo, for example, they've got an end-to-end -end system which tells them what they buy, what they bought, what they bought, what they've sold, what's wasted, and where it's gone. And it really works as an everyday incentive to help uh, keep the costs down and help keep food waste front of mind. The other thing that's wonderful, you know, we food, uh, the food service industry has become so good at collaborating, collaborating with its supply chain, and this is an area where collaborating with your waste contractors can also be really helpful because they can help you make sure, they can help the facilities management team make sure that the food waste is going to the right stream and also help them work with them on ways to make it easier for kitchen teams to actually put the food, um, put the different waste in the right stream. So Green King, for example, has rainbow bins, which makes it really easy for staff. doesn't matter if they're new or, you know, how long they've been there, what their language skills are. They can see where things go very easily, very pictorially. And that just means that it actually happens. Um, so that's also really important. Um, the next job role is procurement. So obviously, that's pretty um, simple. You know, reduced food costs means less wasted food and lower food bills. So, you know, that's a pretty good sell uh, and a really good way to keep your teams happy. And that's especially uh, pertinent when you think that food waste uh, 50% of the cost of that 10,000 per site cost is 50% of that is food purchase costs. The rest make, is made up by you know disposal costs and also staffing costs and other things, but it's really quite dramatic. So just reducing that food waste is going to have a, a very big impact. Um, so there's lots to do um, here. You know, there's, there's lots that you can do within your own business operations. But there's also lots up in the supply chain that you don't see. So looking at ways to you know, adopt that imperfect produce, talking to the supply chain and asking them, what do you struggle to sell and why? And how can we help with that? Sodexo has a um, less than perfect food, uh, food box that they have every week, which is so that they're less you know, uh, cosmetically perfect, but perfectly delicious uh, produce that comes in. So they can find ways to incorporate those into their men, uh, menus. So it's wasteful to tasteful. I had actually noted it down. Um, there's also, you know, I know that some of the chefs I talked to were saying, oh, yeah, you know, they've been talking to their fish smokers uh, about getting those trimmings that would were going in the bin to use them to flavor things and as part of their um, menus. Also, another part of this is getting suppliers the time to understand about what's happening to your menu and how that's going to change going forward because then your supply chain has the time to adjust and make sure that they've got the right volumes and the right pack sizes and have it all ready for you. Um, and also to see whether they can offer the flexible options that you might want for your different um, site sizes and, and needs. And you know, having this interaction with the supply chain, telling them what's happening in the kitchen, telling them why, means they might be able to look at their packaging solutions and saying, well, actually, if we change that packaging to this solution, 
it's going to improve the shelf life and you're not going to have that waste stream. Might be a small difference in cost perhaps, but you know, you can actually look at it and see whether that's worth it. Um, and actually people like the National Trust, you know, they get, they've gone out with uh, their suppliers, their creed, and they go out on familiarization days and go around in the truck with them and see what happens. And that whole dialogue helps everybody to understand what's happening and make sure that all those little pockets that were kind of just falling in the gaps get addressed. Um, so uh, the next uh, job role sort of section is the restaurant site and catering managers. So again, these guys are really important. They're the bridge between the front and the back of house. And uh, depending on the size of the organization, you know, they are a massive sort of influential, um, they're massively influential in the whole food culture of that organization. So, you know, it's important uh, to them because normally these guys are in charge of the P&L. So if they can show how tackling food waste, there's usually a reduction in your, um, by, by segregating your food waste, you usually get a reduction in your waste management contractor costs because usually food waste costs are less. Um, so if it's not in general waste, that's going to uh, be a really good thing. And again, there's this whole thing of, you know, happy teams make your job easier. So the fact that you're addressing an issue your teams will care about is going to make your life easier. Um, so as always, the whole uh, really key for the, these guys is to make sure they involve everyone, you know, from the kitchen porter, everybody that they see on site, because everyone needs to know that they can pipe up about the different things that they're seeing and the ideas that they have, and also the mistakes that they make. You know, for all of these um, job roles, being open and allowing people to make mistakes and not, you know, hiding it, because now we're measuring our food waste is very, very important, because if people are hiding it, we can't address that, can't make sure it doesn't happen in the future. Um, so they've also got a key role in briefing front of house to talk to them about offering clients doggy boxes, you know, looking at um, portion sizes and helping people to choose to their appetite what it is they might want. And, you know, looking at ways to sort of, you know, do those uh, value added sales that, that aren't going to lead to food waste. Um, also, you know, they can do the linking the purchasing with stock and order numbers and making sure that they are going, okay, you know, how, how did the weather have an impact on that? What about the holidays? You know, making sure uh, that they're looking across all of these things and marrying them together with systems like forths. Um, you can also, they can also, key for these guys is also to look at those ways to target um, the redistribution. And again, looking to see what's out there, who could be the right partner for your particular waste stream. And, uh, you know, or potentially if you don't want to do something that, um, you know, official, you know, even just thinking of ways that you can offer it to staff in a way that, you know, it's going to keep the business resilient and not perhaps be uh, taken advantage of. But, you know, all of this is really important. And again, they can involve everyone, share the data with everyone and make sure it's being shared with the customers as well, because they often have a key role in any messaging that goes on in the restaurant. So even just having a, you know, a blackboard where they update, you know, what the food waste figure is that week or some cool thing they're doing on the menu that's addressing it you know, is a great way to share those stories. Um, Second to last is the chef de party, commie chef and kitchen porter. So obviously these guys, you know, they have the real sharp end, the direct contact with the food and that really puts them at the cold face. And often these guys might be the people who are scraping all that food, hopefully into the food waste bin rather than just your general waste bin. But, you know, they are seeing what's being on left on the plates often. They're seeing what's being returned or they're seeing, you know, what's going on in the kitchen. And so they actually have a great store of knowledge and you want, that must be 
harness. So for them, um, you know, they can make a real impact. That's a real sell for them. Um, and it, and also, you know, for them to know that if you save that 10,000 per outlet, that's a lot more shifts, you know, potentially in the budget. So that, you know, is a, is a motivator as well for them. Um, what often happens in, uh, in this environment is that is, you know, is a key thing is to make sure that these guys are serving the right portion. We talked about the you know, 12 to 14 tray example, but often, especially in busy periods, you have sometimes you might have your kitchen porter coming on board to help plate up. Does that kitchen porter, has that person been trained? You know, does he or she know what a portion size is? Do they know, you know, about making sure, you know, what, how much your cooking off is going on, making sure that they actually understand and have the skills to do that job? Um, also, you know, these guys can help when they're told, you know, to peel a load of potatoes or, you know, peel something. You know, do, do we need to peel it that much? Do that, does that trim need to happen? There's all sorts of questions that people who are helping do the preparation of the food can ask and just say, actually, you know, why are we peeling them? Loads of restaurants now are leaving the skins on all sorts of vegetables and actually finding it improves taste and bulk and all sorts of uh, wonderful things, you know. Um, uh, I told you already about the, the KFC and the skin on chips, I think. Um, but, you know, that really getting these guys to share their insight is is absolutely um, key. Um, and lastly, I think, is front of house. So uh, these these guys obviously are, are the gateway to the customer. So getting them on board about knowing what's going on in uh, the business is really important because it's something that they will identify with and it will make them feel really positive about the company you know all the organizations that we spoke to that had really good policies around that said that it was something that they use as an engagement tool um and of course for them you know being able to have this uh, dialogue with the customers about something exciting and positive that the business is doing was something that made the customers happy and happy customers can leave better tips so again you know there's some good motivating factors in there um so, oh, um, so yeah. So the so the whole thing that the the guys can do in the kitchen environment is, you know, they can draw attention to any of the uh, literature that might be around the place talking about food saving behaviours that are going on within the business, or that the customer themselves can take part in. Perhaps you know, with a buffet environment, um, they can also be really uh, helping the customer to choose the right amount. Uh, for the, what they're eating. Did I just say that? I feel like I'm having deja vu. So apologies <laughs> if I have. Um, they, and all of these things will help build loyalty with the customer base. So it's really nice, you know, being able to talk to your customers about what you're doing, have a bit more of a, um, an engagement with them means those customers will come back. Um, they also play a, a really uh, important role in um, destigmatizing doggy bags. There's something, uh, you know, that we're becoming more of a culture where it's normal. I'm now not the only person in the world who always asks for a doggy bag, but you know we want to make it easy for people. We want to have you know the, the server to suggest it to them. You know if there's something that they could take home and reheat, let's you know let's make that normal. So this is a really really key uh, part that they can play. Um, but also front of house again, a bit like the porters. You know they're they're at the sharp end. They're hearing the feedback from customers about what's good on the plate, what's bad on the plate. You know actually they didn't want a bun, but they couldn't you know, through the ordering system, they couldn't make that happen. You know, what is it they want? There's a lot of knowledge stored in these guys. And if we can make sure that's, you know, encourage them to share that in any team meetings and to make sure that they feel their voice is valued uh, and going to be listened to because food waste has been a priority, that is going to be fantastic.